Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good day, good day, good day to all of my international listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the GreatTalkZone.com internet radio. And I hope that you all out there had a fantastic um, uh, month uh, last month. It was it was it went by fast. Here we are in December already. I hope that you had a great Thanksgiving. I was just talking with um. My engineer shout out to Randy and uh, he said he had a good Thanksgiving and, and I did too. And I hope that you all were safe out there and that if you encountered any negative issues, any negative people, that you were able to dismiss them and the issue in a positive yet strong manner so that the point was made without any violence. Learn from the lesson of why you encountered this crap in the first place and move on. I'm sure you all out there get my drift. Okay. Christmas time is upon us and there's, you know, and this is time of the year, you know, it's my favorite time, you know, starting with Thanksgiving, you know, I cooked and like I said earlier, I had my family over, it was good fun, you know, eating delicious and nutritious food and great conversation. And it was uh, not a lot of us, just the right amount for which I am very grateful for, you know, spending this time and I'm very grateful for my family. As always, uh, listeners, you know, there's a lot happening in our country, and I'm going to be talking about some of the hot topics this morning that are educational, enlightening, and controversial, along with my brother, who is also my guest, mental health therapist, Rachel C. Campbell. In a moment, um, I'm going to bring him out, uh, but, um, you know, we have a lot to talk about, but I, I want to um, have a moment with you all first, Okay. Now, first of all, I want to tell you all that on November 11th, which was Veterans Day, my oldest brother, Roderick Earl Campbell, uh, was welcomed in the arms of God. My brother had Parkinson's disease, and he gave it a great battle for over a decade. He was a veteran in the United States Army during the Vietnam era, and uh, thank God he did not get sent off to Vietnam. He was a sharpshooter, listeners, and he trained other recruits on how to master this technique. He attended Neil F. Simeon Vocational High School there in Chicago. And uh, just giving you a brief summation of uh, his life, he and his date were crowned king and queen of their senior prom, and he graduated valedictorian of his class with a diploma in draftsman. He took those talents and academic astuteness and worked for Illinois Bell in Chicago after high school and upon returning from serving his time for his country in the United States Army. He spearheaded a team while employed at Illinois Bell and developed the 411 system that is still used today. After many years in the corporate arena, he teamed up with his brother, Milton Bruce Campbell, in the world of auto mechanics, and together they became known as high-performance gurus. He and his beautiful wife, Claudia, were married for over four decades, and they had one child and two grandchildren. I'm going to say that I miss my brother very, very much. I'm still grieving his transition. However, I have to move on with my life as this is what he wants me to do. As I'm so thankful that I poured much love into him, especially once I found out 
he had this debilitating disease. And I wanted him to know while he was here how much I was praying for his recovery and how much I loved and cared for him. And I know that my brother is resting in the arms of God right now. So, listeners, this is what I have said before on my show, and I'm saying it again. Give flowers to yourself and your loved ones while they are alive and can see, smell, and appreciate them. Now, when I say flowers, listeners, I'm not necessarily talking about roses or gardenias or the other beautiful floral designs that God has created, although there's nothing wrong with giving them either. What I am talking about is the best gift you can give someone is the gift of yourself, your time, your kindness, your assistance, your understanding, assisting them monetarily if needed, for example. A phone call, no texting or emailing. Show appreciation and care on a daily basis, not just, oh, their birthday or it's Mother's Day or Father's Day. Life is so precious and short and time is our most precious commodity. Once spent, listeners, and you've heard me say this many times, you can never, ever, ever get it back. So be wise in what, excuse me, be wise in how you use it and how you use it with and how you use it for. Okay. Now let's get into the dinner table conversation. Now, this dinner table conversation is about cleanliness is next to godliness. Now, God is about order, love, and respect, understanding, patience, and chances, and choices. Now, when I'm speaking about cleanliness, I am not talking about your environment, although there is certainly nothing wrong, listeners, with keeping your outside person, your home in order as in pristine uh, as, in pristine as possibly that you can. I'm talking about your mind about your soul, remembering that your body is the temple. This is important because this is where God resides. Now, this is a year that has gone by so quickly and time seems to be going faster and faster. And therefore, it is important to be awake at all time, to learn as much as possible, to learn from our mistakes, to be as kind to ourselves, to speak about ourselves and others with respect and love and the truth. We are not only approaching another year, we are entering into another decade. Okay. In retrospect, let's look and see what have, you know, we changed during the last 10 years. It is very important to evolve and keep moving forward and upward. Now, God wants the best for us. Okay. He loves us unconditionally. He doesn't want us to suffer, to be sad living in lack and loneliness. But listeners, we have to do our part as well. As a lot of people get it wrong, we actually work in concert with God for he will do all the things that we cannot do. He will help you to achieve your positive goals. As we are entering into another decade, listeners, what cleanliness can you address in your life? Like what hurt feelings have you not addressed that has caused you to feel angry or sad? Have you forgiven yourself for things you said or things you did not say that were conducive for being a loving person? Who could you have helped that you turned a blind eye to? Who did you knowingly tell about lies to use them as a cover-up for your deceit? Our souls are to float like a feather, not being weighed down with darkness 
that we have not allowed, that we have allowed to creep in. Now, going forward, listeners, I am truly excited about my life. I am so prayerful and so hopeful for others as well. So at your dinner table conversation, ask what are things you are excited about for this upcoming decade? What positive changes are you going to implement and stick to them in 2020 and going forward? I know that I offer good conversations to my listeners. However, as we are embarking into another year, another decade, this is a great one to be talking about. In retrospect, it helps us to clean ourselves inside and out. Okay, listeners, thank you for listening to that. I am going to bring on my guest. He is the world's best mental health therapist. He is a frequent guest on my show. He is my brother, and his name is Reginald Cedric Campbell. Thanks, Reginald, for being on the show. Uh, good morning, and uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, uh, um, those wonderful words um, for our brother. Um, yeah, I, I definitely love him and miss him, and I know he's in the arms of God, and you know, we have all those precious memories to, to live by. And, uh, and actually, I had a dream about him last night. So, okay. um, you know, all, all is well. Okay, fantastic. Thank you. Okay. We have a lot to talk about, you know. So let's get into our first conversation, which is um, systemic racism. Okay. Now, um, this is a topic... Um, that was discussed on The View on November 27, 2019, for all of you who want to go out there and check it out. And in this discussion, Reginald and my listeners, they were talking about Buttigieg. You know, he's running for president and a statement he made back in 2011. So I'm going to I want you to listen to this and uh, Reginald, we're going to discuss it. So let's take a listen. Polls, but apparently still not with black voters. And a video that emerged from when he was running for local office back in 2011 led to allegations that he's all wrong about race in America. Take a look. You're motivated because you, you believe that at the end of your educational process, there's a reward, there's a stable life, there's a job. And there are a lot of kids, especially the lower income minority neighborhoods, who literally just haven't seen it work. Uh, there isn't somebody they know personally and I think uh, who testifies to the value of education. So, yeah, meet that you bet. Okay. So now my question, Reginald, is what is he talking about? You know? First of all, I want to say this. All low-income families or individuals are not black. Let's get that straight. And remember, this year, as he was talking to a group of people of color, as they were voicing their opinions about an unfair and nasty police incident that happened in the st- in uh, Indiana, and he didn't do a good job. You know, there as he was responding to the people, you know, you and I talked about this, Reginald, telling one lady mm-hmm. that he doesn't want her vote. OK, mm-hmm. now, also, just because your parents now, let's get this straight. Just because your parents don't have a lot of money or a college degree doesn't mean that they are not role models for their children or their or the, for their community that they live in. You know what I'm saying? I also want to bring this. Uh, up. I want to keep this up. Black women, which include me, I'm a woman of color, 
are the most educated in this country, although we are still paid less than a white man. Black people are moving the needle every single day. President Obama, First Lady Michelle Obama, Tyler Perry, Oprah, and all of the black inventors, and the list just goes on and on and on. Your comments, Reginald? Well, you know, I don't know what the heck he, well, I do know what the heck he's talking about. He's, he's just talking to, to, that's the typical person who has no clue mm-hmm. as to as, as to what's going on. And, you know, it's that stereotype that, you know, how, how many uh, people have we known, people of color, black people and white people, whose parents didn't go to college, whose parents, uh, you know, were were factory workers, were you know that, those kind of things, but but that next generation, their kids went to college, you know. So so we can talk about you know our parents didn't go to college. Our parents wanted to go to college, you know. Dad wanted to be a surgeon, you know. But growing up in 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 segregated racist Alabama, you know, those mm-hmm. times he wasn't he wasn't able to. But you know, I'm standing standing here with a master's degree in clinical mental health therapy. You have two master's degrees and going, uh, you know, for uh, for your your law degree. Both our brothers uh, were successful automotive are successful automotive technicians. Our eldest sister is a uh, uh, is a surgical nurse. So what the hell is he talking about? Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. And yeah, well, he told that lady that hey, I don't I don't need your vote. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So and, and there's a lot of things that have happened, and even with the police department over there, where he is the mayor, that have been swept under the rug. So, so mm-hmm. you know, this 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 dude doesn't have a clue, you know. No, and, and that's unfortunate thing. Yeah, and and uh, he no, he doesn't have a clue, and you know, he just needs to actually just um, actually just shut up. Um, if, if you're not educated on on things that you're you know talking about. Then do some research, man. And I don't care if this was back in 2011. In 2019, which was eight years later, he still has not grown from that comment, considering the comment that he said to those group of people out there when they rightfully so was voicing their opinion about the consistent police brutality. And I'm bringing that back that that is that is here in this country alive and well. Now, having said that. That does not mean, and I've said this before, that, you know, there are plenty of police officers out there, listeners, that are great police officers officers, and probably some of you out there that are listening to me right now are in law enforcement. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the few that are out there making it bad for everybody else, you know. But, you know, you just get sick and tired of that, uh, you know, because they, you know, I, this is what I'm going to say, then I'm, I, I need to move on. Is that, um, Reginald, you know, when they had the shows out, um, you know, good times and, and things like mm-hmm. this, you know, they really feel that people of color, this is the impetus mm-hmm. of all people of color. And mm-hmm. I said this before, I have, you have, and my siblings don't know what it is to run, dodge a bullet. You know, I don't know where my parents are. We didn't have anything to eat. You know, we weren't loved. Mm -hmm. We weren't, you know, provided for. We don't know what that's about. And it's a whole lot of us that are out there. Now, there's a lot of them that do know what that's about. 
But however, they made that next generation that included themselves do mm-hmm. better because that's what all generations are about is about doing better. But you know, it's, you know, you get sick and tired of, of him saying right. stupid, stupid crap like this all the doggone time. You know, it's like, no, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that. I, no, sorry. You know, you mm-hmm. need to, you need to get educated and shut the hell up actually, as far as I'm concerned. But I just like yeah. to educate my listeners out there and, um, you know, um, you know, and so that they'll, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. If I can quickly say, you know, here's a perfect example. How many, former slaves invented great things. Now, mm-hmm. their parents were slaves, or they were slaves, but they invented great things. Air conditioning. There's a black man who invented air conditioning. There's a black woman who invented the furnace, the heating furnace. There's a black man who invented the spark plug. Uh, you know, they, their parents were slaves or former slaves. So, the you know, red, the like red parents, light. You know, absolutely, the the filament on in the red light in in the in the in the in bulb. the in the light light bulbs. That's right. You, you know, we can go on and on and on. If you have a convertible car, the the motor that runs that convertible top lets it up and down was was invented by by a black man. And I could just go on and on and on with you know the the first uh, open heart surgery was performed by a black physician prior to the yep. invention of penicillin in the early 1900s. So. You know, again, what the hell is he talking about? Get educated before you open your mouth and start spewing nonsense. Exactly. Now, the last thing that I want to say and that I'm going to say is that what we're talking about, you know, is not it does not meaning is not does not mean that I'm turning a blind eye to all of the other great inventions that all other races have developed. And that's still using the thing that I'm talking about is that far too often. okay, they deem people of color as a low person on the eating chain. And that is not true. And that's all that I'm saying. So we're going to move on. Okay, let's talk about this. Being evicted from nursing homes. Is this an upcoming trend? And I sure hope not. Now, Katie Englehart of NBC News reported on 11-29-2019, some nursing homes are illegally evicting elderly and disabled residents who can't afford to pay. Now, one of the uh, nursing home residents says that he feels that you're just a piece of garbage. This is what, you know, he said, and that they'll kick you right out on the curb. Now, this is a very interesting story, and as I tell you guys out there to please go and read this in its entirety, I always give credit to who um, the story that I'm reporting to, the name, and all you have to do is just go out there and, and uh, Google it. You'll find it. It starts off with a story about a woman named Glenda Moore, and it says that when Jamie Moore arrived home on Thursday evening in March, Rachel, she was surprised to find her mother-in-law in her living room. Now, Glenda Moore has only been here for 67 short years and had been sitting in her wheelchair for hours without anyone to help her to the bathroom. She had an accident. She was also having trouble breathing. It was awful, said Jamie Moore. Now, uh, Glenda, uh, I'm sorry, Glenda Moore told Jamie that she had been discharged from the Bishop Care Center nursing home in Bishop, California. She had been living in the at the nursing home, a sprawling brick building on the side of a state highway for several weeks, recovering from a back injury that unexpectedly left her unable to walk 
much or take care of herself. Now, several days earlier, nursing home administrators had shown Glenda Moore a letter from Medicare explaining that her rehabilitation coverage was ending. Okay. She was unable to pay the nursing homes more than $7,000 monthly fee. So thinking she had no other options, she left. Okay. Now, as the family later learned, Glenda Moore had the right to appeal the Medicare decision or to apply for Medicaid. And if she qualified, which she later did, to stay in the nursing home on Medicaid for as long as she needed nursing care. Instead, Moore's family said Moore became one of thousands of, of Americans discharged against their wishes or evicted from nursing homes each year. This is these are these are topics that I like to put on the spotlight. Your comments, Reginald? Um, being in social services, um, I, I've heard this far too many times, and uh, this isn't something that has just begun. I've, I've seen this 20, 25 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And the unfortunate thing, there should have been a social worker at that nursing home to assist her with those things. That's their responsibility mm-hmm. to see what this person is eligible for, to assist them with the um, uh, application process or Medicaid and, and, and Medicare. Um, uh, Medicaid and or Medicare uh, should have contacted the uh, nursing home, you know, to let them know of the person's eligibility. But most of all, the, the, the nursing home personnel were supposed to contact them because obviously she was being covered for that period of time when she was there. Mm-hmm. So how mm-hmm. this even happened is, is is a shame, but it shows the lack of of, of work and responsibility um, that mm-hmm. doesn't go on for you know a lot of a lot of these these patients. So so yeah, there and and unfortunately a lot of this is is happening. And even you know mm-hmm. this kind of on the same topic. You know, the SNAP program, the food stamp program, by the end of this year, the, oh my God. Uh, the, the so-called Trump crazy administration is projected that over a million people will be eliminated from this program. Mm-hmm. Just for well, basic you know, food. Just for basic food. Well, you know, actually, Reginald, I heard 7.3 million. That's the figure well, that I have in my notes. And it's yeah, well, astounding. You know, I wouldn't doubt it that. Is, yeah. Yeah, it's oh, astounding. Sorry. It is. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it's astounding. And 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 once again, um, you mm-hmm. know, he's on this same level as Buttigieg thinking, mm-hmm. well, you know, we're going to stop this food program because that that entails a lot. You know, people of color, you know, and um, mm-hmm. they're going to be off of food. No, it's not. A lot of your homies that's that comes to these stupid race riots that you have, they're going to be losing their food stamps. OK, right. you know. And 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 going back to the nursing home situation, I'm going to say that our governmental entities that are supposed to be overseeing these individuals' um, uh, righteousness and 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 that uh, and and um, what what I want to say and that the, their judicial that you know the judicial um, uh, this is also you know encompassed mm-hmm. in these nursing home procedures. They should be ashamed of themselves. There is no way that people should be put out on the street. And why is, and why is it $7,000 a month? I mean, that's, yeah. that's just totally ridiculous. Yeah. That's just scamming and raping the, uh, per, you know, the taxpayers and the, and the government. Mm-hmm. And also I want to give Absolutely. some stats. 
Now, this says nationally long-term care ombudsman who advocate for elderly and disabled residents of nursing homes and assisted living facilities received 10,610 complaints about discharges and transfers in 2017, up from 9,192 in 2015. Now, these are just people who who reported it. The ombudsman mm-hmm. whose work is federally who the ombudsman whose work is federally mandated and state funded received more complaints about discharges and transfers than any other grievance. Now, mm-hmm. now nursing homes are legally permitted. Get this. They are legally permitted to evict residents under several conditions, such as if a resident health improves sufficiently. Okay, that's that's a given. If mm-hmm. his if his or her presence in a facility puts other in danger, okay, that's also a given. Okay. If the mm-hmm. resident if a resident needs cannot be met by the facility, uh, why not? Mm-hmm. If okay. if she or he stops paying and has not applied for Medicare or Medicaid, okay, well, why can't you then step in and apply mm-hmm. for she or he? Or if the facility closes, duh. Facilities are obligated under federal law to give 30 days notice in writing and also to work with the resident on a transition plan. You don't just throw them out in the street, Ronald Reagan did to the mental mm-hmm. health people um, some years ago. Mm-hmm. Your last comments, Reginald? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this is what I was saying prior to you reading that, that there are, are staff that are supposed to assist. You know these these residents, um, you know, with their applications and you know all of that. I mean, it's it's, it's a shame. It's, it's mm-hmm. just a shame, and it's and it's all money driven. Yes, it's, it's just yes. all money driven, and and yes. it's not about the care of of the residents or people. It's simply no. you know the bottom dollar. Mm-hmm. Period. It's like okay, how much you got? What what you got? What you got? You know, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Right. Okay, let's move on to the next thing. The impeachment hearings. What a mess. Okay. Now, the House Judiciary Committee will hold this first impeachment hearing. It held it yesterday on on Wednesday. But the that thing in the White House that Slays Bill and his attorneys will not attend. The White House made the announcement last night, which was, you know, uh, a couple of days ago, saying that they weren't given enough information about who would be there. Really? And can be sure that that thing in the White House that slaves built will be subject to a fair process. Right. While the White House uh, hasn't ruled out further appearances at these hearings, the decision is in line with the Republicans tight lipped impeachment strategy. And so the key players, Reginald, like former National Security Advisor John Bolton, the walrus, and acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney have refused to testify, you know, in violation, they are, despite some Republicans claiming their testimony could actually help, you know, this thing in the White House that slaves built. Now, the House Intelligence Committee will kick off a lightning fast sprint to get a House impeachment vote on the books by Christmas. Members are expected to receive the committee's impeachment, <coughs> excuse me, Members are expected to receive the committee's impeachment report today ahead of a vote to approve it on Tuesday. Now, Reginald, what's your comments on this disrespectful mess from the Republicans? You know, and that's just what it is, a mess. 
they have no defense. Um, this is why they just continue to move the goalposts and mm-hmm. continue to just, um, you know, I, I mean, first of all, how can you refuse a subpoena, a congressional subpoena, uh, you know, a subpoena in, in general? If, if Joe Average or Josephine Average, yeah, you, you refuse the subpoena and see what happens to you. But these people mm-hmm. are, are, are doing this. And, and, and they're so stupid because they're banking their stuff in future on Trump. He doesn't give a damn about you. You know, he'll turn on you in, in, in a minute. So um, I'm looking forward to it going forward. I uh, had an opportunity to watch um, uh, some of the hearings and things yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. You know, typical Republican mess, badgering the witness. And, you know, so, so they mm-hmm. have nothing. So they talk about everything else. It's like throwing spaghetti up against the wall and see what sticks. That's mm-hmm. their strategy. That's exactly. And I want to uh, give a shout out to the professor from Stanford um, University. I think her name was uh, Kaplan or Carlin. Uh, the, yeah. the woman there, oh, her speech was off the chain. She was very articulate. She was very um uh, she was giving a huge amount of education about um, about uh, what she stands for, um, the Constitution. She broke it down for so for all of those out there who didn't understand it, they she she broke it down so that you could understand it. Um, it was it was fantastic. I also want to give kudos to the uh, Judiciary um, uh, Committee Chairman. Uh, his speech uh, was 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 very good, very educational, very much on point. And then you have the Republican guy who I can't remember his name, and that's fine. He comes on yelling and screaming, you know, saying uh, stupid words like coup d'etat. And uh, this is this. What is this? Almost 2020. And you're still using coup d'etat. You know, it's just it, it. you're right. They just keep moving the goalposts. And one other thing too, Reginald, as I said before, that's the reason he went over to to London because he couldn't mm-hmm. stand the heat that's going on there. You know what I mean? But he's supposed to be such mm-hmm. a tough guy and, and blah, 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 you know, and all this stuff. So that is his. So he used the taxpayers money once again to go over there. That doesn't, it, it, you know, just just crazy. Your last comments. And, and look at how the European leaders were laughing at him. Yes. You know, well, if, if anybody hasn't seen this, just, just go online and look at, um, how um, the, uh, the president of France and, and you know, the chancellor of Germany, all of these people were just laughing at him because they know he's a complete clown. Even they that, even that, so, that, that, even that, who is that, Prime Minister Johnson? That thing that, you know, over the, you know, um, isn't that Johnson over there that, uh, yeah, he was in that huddle too. Well, 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 um, uh, the French president Trudeau, I'm sorry, French president. Um, uh, uh, Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau, um, mm-hmm. there, they were kind of the two that were just laughing at him, like, you know, he, he's a joke and, and, and he is a joke. Well, you know, so, and, and actually he left early, you know, he, he, because he couldn't take the heat there either. So he well, tucked his tail between his legs and, 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 and left and, and ran, you know, tough guy. Yeah, and, yeah. uh, so it's, you know, it's a mess that the next president is going to have to, the next Democratic president is going to have to clean up. You know, and basically, uh, you know, the European Union and all of that in NATO, 
they're they're just they're just waiting for him to go away. You know exactly. Um, exactly. My my next thing and my concern is, especially if you know, heaven forbid, he's back in there. Uh, oh, that won't not going to happen. But he, you know, <laughs> he will pull out of NATO. Mm-hmm. He will pull out of mm-hmm. NATO. He, ha- you know, just listening to him yesterday speaking with um, speaking with uh, uh, the French president, he has mm-hmm. no idea what NATO is, and I'm sure he doesn't no. even know what NATO stands for. You know, he's mm-hmm. talking like he's talking to um, you know some real estate person. Oh, this is very, very good. Very, very. NATO has done a lot of good things, but they're not paying their fair share. It, it has nothing to do with that, dumbass. And I'm glad the he, French president uh, said that, hey, we, and he really broke it down to, to him. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to, he really broke it down to him of who's paying their their share. You know, it made it look like a fool. And most mm-hmm. of all, this coming from somebody who never pays anything. He never pays people for the work that they have done. Excuse you me. Know? He doesn't pay for where he goes in and have those racist ra- uh, rallies at. Absolutely. He okay. For that. <laughs> okay. Always opening up about who's paying. And then, and then, how about he called him uh, Two Face? Really, he has oh more faces. Yeah. He has more faces yeah. than E. For all of you all out there who are familiar with the movie, uh, uh, an old movie. Um, the the seven the faces of Eve. She had like seven faces. It was a uh, movie about this woman, and she had a lot of psychological issues. But and well, so does he. So anyway, um, okay, let's move on. All right. Now the pros and cons of becoming a cashless society. I was thinking about this as I was watching the news this week. You know, with my husband and the CBS News was reporting on the gigantic money that was made through online purchases, Reginald. And, you know, this is one of the things that just aired me. No mention of how much was made from the brick and mortar businesses was done in this report. <laughs> now, they did great as the people were shoulder to shoulder this past Black Friday, you know, in these stores. But there was no report that, you know, when they were making this particular report, I'm not saying that there was no reports about what the black and uh, I'm sorry, what, you know, doing the black um, Friday um, uh, event for brick and mortar. What I'm saying is with this report that was on CBS news. Okay. So I was wondering, did the report intentionally leave out the brick and mortar stores, Reginald, as this is a way to increase online purchases, thereby, making it faster for businesses to collect money regardless of the consistent confiscation of personal data from cyber things. So doing my research, I came across this article that was dated October 30th, 2019 by Caleb Silver um, titled, Should We Become a Cashless Society? And it says in part, according to the Federal Reserve, Cash accounts for 1.7 trillion of total currency in the U.S. alone. But as technology continues to evolve, we will shift closer to becoming a cashless society. While the prospect of losing a national physical currency may seem dramatic, proponents of a no cash economy aren't just fans of the latest cryptocurrency to flood the market. 
Some experts believe that cash actually assists some of the darker corners of our economy and eliminating it could help cut down on crime that relies on traceless financial transactions. With so much of the underground economy relying on cash, it's becoming increasingly clear that reducing the amount of physical currency in circulation could help to minimize the certain types of crime and improve financial regulations. But is that feasible? While cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin may seem like a good alternative, they present similar challenges along with some new issues too. Now, designed with privacy in mind, these currencies are not beholding to any specific country and therefore trigger and, and, and therefore trickier to regulate with new regulations. Um, you know, when new regulations are implemented, they can be subject to increased volatility, which can at least temporarily make them a lot riskier than cash. OK, but Reginald, hmm. while cash may offer a safe alternative to cryptocurrency, it generally ranks low when it comes to many day-to-day transactions. Okay, what's your comment so far? Um, yeah, you know, it just seems like that they're pushing for a cashless uh, society of, you know, buy, buy online, you know, do this, do that. Um, in some places, like, for instance, if you uh, go to rent a car, if, if you try and use cash, they, they won't accept it. Like, no, you, you know, you have to use a credit card or, or a debit card where they, mm-hmm. they're not even able to accept cash for, for your payment. Um, mm-hmm. So, it, it, you know, nothing is going to take the place of good old cash. Um, mm-hmm. Just like nothing is going to take the place of pen and pencil, of picking up the phone. You know, people, I'm going to text you, no, call me, you know. Hey, pay online, no, that good old money order, nothing's going to take the place of that money order. So, but I know they want to push for this cashless society because there is a monetary value for the company. And that's the only reason why, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I just want to comment on something you're saying that, you know, like when you go to rent a car and they, you know, they say they're not, they're not able to, you know, no, there's a thing not able to versus wanting to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now this is something, this is something that these companies have implemented themselves with their, it's all tied into greed. Let's just say how it is. It's all, yeah. it's all tied into greed. So, um, you know, it's like, okay, no, you have to have this. Oh, uh, uh, no, you have to have that. No, I don't. There are no laws that says that I can no longer use cash. There's no laws that says that I have to pay you via a credit card or debit card. There's no laws that says that. This is, And then when you push back on them and you tell them, look, no, okay, well, I can't pay with cash, then I'll just go somewhere else. And, you know, and then I, I just skip my happy ass on to somewhere else because you're not going to tell me this is not a totalitarian regime. This is the United States of America, and there are no laws that say that you have to pay somebody with the credit card. This is just their policies and procedures that they are implementing. As I said before, having majored in business and, and done businesses and overseeing businesses, businesses can say, can come up with whatever that they want to come up with. But just take note that this is a litigious society and somebody is going to 
you know, somebody's going to question you about it and somebody's going to task you about it. Okay. That's why a lot of lawsuits happen, you know, but the last thing that I want to say is, uh, with this article that said that, that I talked about is that while cutting down on the amount of cash in circulation may help to stem some of the current regulation problems, we still are far away from becoming a cashless society. I think we need to have physical currency around forever for reasons of privacy and robustness. And this is Rogoff. And he says, emphasizing that we should focus on becoming less reliant on cash rather than being completely cashless, it may not always be paper. It may someday be something else. But I think we need a physical currency. Even as technology continues to reshape our relationship with money, it seems like cash is here to stay. Okay. Now, let's move on to the next um, topic, which is... um, Google reportedly mining millions of Americans' personal health data. This is an article by Megan Cerullo on 11-11-2019, and it says in part, okay, Google has partnered with one of the nation's largest health care systems to collect millions of Americans' personal health data in an effort to design, get this, an artificial intelligence-powered health care service, according to a report. More than 100 Google employees are already privy to tens of millions of Americans' labs results, doctors' diagnoses, hospitalization records, and more. Now, the data will help inform the tech giant's creation of new software that can recommend changes in how patients are cared for. Okay, this was a report by the Wall Street uh, Journal on Monday. Okay, which I'm not I'm not believing that that they're doing this so that, you know, out of the goodness of their heart. Neither doctors nor patients were informed of the initiative dubbed Project Nightingale. <laughs> Dig that name, Project Nightingale. In other words, Nightingale, so it's done in the night, okay, according to the report. Ascension, okay, this is the this is the, the company. Ascension, the second largest healthcare system in the country, said Monday it is working with Google to optimize the health and wellness of individuals and communities. Really? Its goal is to deliver a comprehensive portfolio of digital capabilities that enhance the experience of Ascension's consumers, patients, and clinical providers across the continuum of care. This is what the company says. Now, Ascension uh, insists the initiative complies with the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1966 and does not violate any federal law. Your comments, Reginald? <laughs> well, you know, I was just going to say it it does violate HIPAA laws uh, because you cannot uh, share someone's personal health information without their consent. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, just when I... Uh, go and see someone when when a case is open uh, with a therapist or social service agency, uh, even when you go to your doctor, when you go to your dentist, you sign off on uh, the HIPAA information. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they say that they will not and cannot share your information without your consent, without an mm-hmm. ROI, release of information. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I articulate that to parents or to uh, uh, to to clients all the time. You know, I can't I can't share 
what I'm talking about with your doctor or anybody else unless you agree to that, unless you want that, and then you sign off on the ROI, the release of information, where we can share that information. But that has so it's I, I think it is um a breach of, of the HIPAA law, regardless of what they say. Mm-hmm. They know it, but they think that the American people are so stupid. Now, Ascension Executive Eduardo Conrado said the future of healthcare lies in companies' ability to deliver care through digital platforms, applications, and services that are part of the everyday experience of those we serve. Now, the companies joint digital healthcare capabilities will allow consumers to more proactively manage their own healthcare, all enabled by Google developed tools, according to the press release. Now, the technology will be underpinned by AI and machine learning applications. Billy Reginald. Now, Google Cloud, Google Cloud President Tariq Shakot said the company hopes to transform the delivery of healthcare through the power of the cloud, data analytics, machine learning, and modern productivity tools, ultimately improving outcomes, reducing costs, and saving lives. Okay. Now, here's here's the whole thing. I did a report on my last show about doctors who are are not dealing with insurance companies. Um they, you know, they uh for the most part, they have also integrated where individuals can join a plan that's all based on cash. That they can pay cash to come see the doctor. And they get good, you know, bedside manner and things of this nature. So I think that Ascension <laughs> and his cohorts needs to be, um, you know, aware of this, you know, so that they will know that there are other things coming um, up the up the pipe. And it does not include the stupid AI that you feel um, should take over uh, everything and that you're. You're doing all of this for the good of the people, which we know that you're not doing it for the good of the people. Because, number one, you didn't even ask the people that you consider um, potential clients if you can use their personal um, uh, data. You know, so, yeah, that's that's right. really that's really. Yeah, that's really crazy. OK, I, yeah. I want to make mention. Yeah, we're we're running long time. I want to make mention of a. Um, of, of something like Chancellor Angela Merkel's co- uh, coalition, uh, coalition announced on the 30th of May 2011 that Germany's 17 nuclear powered stations will be shut down by 2022 and a policy reversal following Japan's Fukushima, um, one nuclear, uh, accidents. Now my hat is off to, uh, to Germany for this. They showed on television the implosion of a, uh, one of the, you know, nuclear, um, facilities and they did this with all robotics they did not use any explosives which is also you know bad for the environment so i my head is off to them because they didn't use explosives because if you use explosives you know that's not good to get into the atmosphere either and then you're going to have all of the dust and possible some little uh, you know microscopic things floating around from the nuclear plant you know although i'm sure they did their best to um you know to get to get rid of all of that but you know it's kind of hard but my 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 hat is off to um Germany uh for this and I feel that this country and other countries 
need to take a lesson from them and do the same thing because it's it all of this crap is not needed. It it is not needed. Your comment on that? Yeah, and, that, and that's a good thing. And you know, you know, it's important to protect the environment. You know, and uh, you know, this is something that is is unfortunately lacking um, in this great country with the um, you know the the uh, administration, so-called administration's attitude about the environment. You know, mm-hmm. be it mm-hmm. air, water, and all of that. You know, so. You know, we have one earth, we have one environment, and, you know, we have to take care of it. Exactly. So, now, on that, oh, absolutely. Now, on that same vein, okay, um, as I was viewing a, um, um, uh, as I was viewing, uh, the last, um, the most recent episode of, the, of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and yes, get over yourself, I am a huge fan. This was, they were talking about the Santa Susana Field Lab. Okay. Now, having been a resident of California and, um, you know, traveling back and forth there frequently still, my husband and I, you know, we were, we were like, okay, so what's going on with the Santa Susana Field Lab? Now, according to this report, I had to, you know, do some research and these ladies had met with, um, uh, Kim and Courtney. Um, they were talking about this. Now, to, you know, for all of you out there who don't know about the Santa Susana, um, uh, field lab, it's, um, it's a laboratory, is a complex of industrial research and development facilities located on a 2,668 acre portion of the Southern California Semi Hill and Semi Valley, California. It was used mainly for the development and testing of liquid proponent propellant, I'm sorry, rocket engines for the United States space program from 1949 to 2006, nuclear reactors from 1953 to 1980, and the operation of a U.S. government-sponsored liquid metals research center from 1966 to 1998. Now, the site is located approximately seven miles northwest from the community of Canoga Park, and I'm sure a lot of you know where that is because I do, and approximately 30 miles northwest of downtown Los Angeles. Sage Ranch Park is adjacent on part of the northern boundary and the community of Bell Canyon along the entire southern boundary. Now, throughout the years, Reginald, about 10 low-powered nuclear reactors operated at SSFL. In That's the acronym for Santa Susana in addition to several critical facilities that helped develop nuclear science and nuclear science and applications. Now, at least four of the 10 nuclear reactors had accidents during their operation. The reactors located on the grounds of SSFL were considered experimental and therefore had no contaminant structures. Now, the site ceased research and development operations in 06. The years of rocket testing, nuclear reactor testing, and liquid metal research have left the site significantly contaminated, you know, and the environmental cleanup, they say, is still ongoing, but it's not. The public who live there near the site have over the years strongly urged a thorough cleanup of the site, citing cases of long-term illnesses with the nearby residents including cancer cases at rates they claim are higher than normal. Now, for example, on March 30th, 2018, 
a seven-year-old girl living in Simi Valley died a neuroblastoma, prompting public urging to thoroughly clean up the site. Now, when Kim and Courtney were discussing this with these uh, four ladies who, um, you know, are going up against the government because the government too, um, you can go and read about this, you know, just, just Google it. It's Santa, like in Santa Claus, you know, <laughs> and, um, so the, uh, Santa Susanna, S-U-S-A-N-A field laboratory is actually, I was reading this information off of Wikipedia. And, um, but how, however, it's very interesting. And, and the thing is, is that they have a friend who lives in that area and he's been, you know, sick for six years. And there's other people in that area, as stated before, with the cancer and, um, you know, lots of cancer and people are just being sick and things like this. I just want to know why. See, this is what I'm saying. I, with the story proceeding about, um, Germany and how they're, they're cleaning up their act. Why can't they do that here in this country? Just why is that original? You know, just if they don't want to, they don't want to spend the money. You know, they just want to be able to not be regulated and all of the deregulation that, uh, the, the, the Trump so-called administration has, has done is just ridiculous. So, so they probably don't have to do it because some of those things have been deregulated now. I can't remember the, mm-hmm. the ridiculous amount of deregulation, uh, or, or regulations that the Obama administration has, has implemented. And then they come in and just end them, just, you know, stop those, those, uh, uh regulations, you know, where, uh, you know, they're free to pollute. Uh, so, so mm-hmm. that's why I think it's not being done because there are no laws that are stipulating that they have to do it. Exactly. And and the thing is, is that, as you said, you know, the thing in the White House that slaves build, everything that, um, you know, President Obama and any other president preceding him had done that was good. He had he was on a, a, a mad dash to get rid of all of this. I mean, this is it's, it's, it's just awful. It's, and it's, you know, my hat is off to uh, the four ladies um, that oh, yeah. um, came to to meet with um, uh, Kim and and uh, Courtney and um they want to use their voice uh, as well to help talk about and educate people on what's going on in California. Just because you don't live in California does not mean that, you know, um, you know, it does not mean that you, um, you know, should not have um, an interest in what's going on, you know, in our in our country. So. Right. OK, we are we are winding down here. Um but um i you know i do want to um um quickly talk about um uh, just real quick i got i got like i got like 3 minutes okay do you guys out there know about the problem with feral pigs rats <laughs> and um feral pig rats and it was one of you know in our parts feral pigs rats and cats you know, that's in our national parks and pe- and they're being the parks are being overrun with it. And once again, it's because this administration has reduced, you know, um, everything that the, you know, the, the parks and, and, and uh, facilities used to do to keep the parks up. You know, um, how they themselves regulated the parks to make sure that people weren't doing things and that they also had the ability to, you know, to um, 
um, you know, to, to use other things to get rid of these rats and cats. But there's a very interesting story on www.kens5.com about these feral hogs that's taken over the state of Texas. And last month, these, a group of feral hogs took a woman's life, uh, there, there in Texas. So just pull that up. Once again, it's www.kens5.com. Okay, and check out the videos that are associated with that. They were showing uh where these guys went and hunted and I believe killed this uh feral hog that was over four hundred pounds, okay? So having yeah, four hundred pounds. So um yeah, I sent that to you as a matter of fact, so check it out when you get yeah, a moment. Yeah, I saw that. I'll check that out. Yeah. Okay, so listen, in closing to year twenty nineteen I want to say that I appreciate and I and I love you all out there for listening to me, for supporting me. You've been absolutely fantastic. My numbers are great. Please be sure to keep listening. Tell other people, uh, uh, you know, about me and the conversations that I had here on my radio program, because I know that they are different. I'm wishing you the absolute best for the year 2020, decade 2020, that we are coming in. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Help others who are at this time of the year particularly need help. Please reach out as much as possible. Thank God for you all. Be blessed. This is Teresa E. Keys. I'll talk to you in January. Make it a great day.